Welcome to Veterans Radio. I am Jim Fossone. I'm the officer of the deck today. We've got some great programs for you. I think you'll find very interesting. We always want to remind you, you can find more about Veterans Radio at its Facebook site or by going to veteransradio.net where we're on the web 24-7. You can find a lot of our podcasts there as well. We post new ones every Tuesday, so you can get a new story, a new interview, something you didn't know before by going to veteransradio.net. And before we get started, we want to thank our sponsors. First up, we want to thank National Veteran Business Development Council, nvbdc.org. It was established to certify both service-disabled and veteran-owned businesses in the government and commercial or corporate marketplace. You'll find out how they can help your business by going to nvbdc.org. We also want to thank Eisenhower Center. It's a brain injury recovery center, and in particular, it's after the impact program goes beyond awareness campaigns and state-of-the-art imaging to help veterans, first responders, and athletes. Learn more about EisenhowerCenter.com. They're located in Michigan and in Florida. And finally, we want to thank Legal Help for Veterans. Legal Help for Veterans fights for veterans' disability rights all across the nation. You can reach them at 800 693 4800 or on the web at legalhelpforveterans.com. And finally, we want to welcome a new sponsor to the program, which is Veterans Business Outreach Center, which is located in Flint, Michigan, and covers Michigan, Ohio, and Indiana. The center is ran and operated by veterans to help other veterans, National Guard, Reserve, spouses, expand and grow businesses. You can find more about them by going to vetbizcentral.org 810-252-6200. And now on to our programs. We want to welcome to Veterans Radio today our spotlight on National Veteran Business Development Council's Activities, uh, Veterans Radio America has a partnership with nvbdc.org. NVBDC is the nation's leading third-party authority for certification of veteran-owned businesses of all sizes in the corporate marketplace. And we're excited to have with us today Lieutenant Colonel Retired Catherine Poynton um, of the NVBDC. Catherine, welcome to Veterans Radio. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. I appreciate this time. Well, we have you on because this is you know sort of news, uh, breaking news, if you will, for NVBDC. You are the new director of Military and Veteran Organization Task Force, which NVBDC has stood up. Can you tell us what that task force is set up to do? Absolutely. So this task force, um, like you said, it is new and it's newly created in the MVBDC and the uh, Military Veteran Organization Task Force 
is basically designed to reach out to a military and veteran service organizations across the country and to join forces with them, to partner with them, if you will, to bring a, a spotlight on our service disabled and our veteran business owners and to provide them with the information and education that they need as far as certification goes um, as they uh, go forward and um, you know work on their contracts or, or try to get into the supply chains with our nation, our nation's corporations. Well, it's a great uh, idea, which is this military and veteran organization task force for NVBDC, which certifies veteran-owned businesses for corporate America. But this is more designed, isn't it, to support veteran uh, business success? That's correct. It's definitely designed to support uh, business and, and the veteran-owned, um, you know, the members and their success. And, and what this is going to do is it's going to spotlight those service-disabled and those veteran-owned businesses and, again, try to reach out to them. And through our partnerships with various organizations, um, talk with their members and, and get them educated on the importance of certification and for them to understand the need for certification, especially for those that are interested in doing business with uh, corporate America. A lot of uh, veteran service organizations or organizations helping uh, military members transition out of the service talk about economic development. But talk, if you can, Kathy, talk to us about how you see this task force um, aiding those working in the uh, economic development area for veteran or military-owned businesses. Well, how I see this helping them is that with corporate America, um, basically one of the things that they do uh, require is a certification. And through certification, it, it gives you that advantage um, of having them certify you as a true veteran-owned business. Um, there are funds available for those corporations that do bring on um, the supply diversity, uh, whether it's a woman-owned business or a veteran-owned business. And at the same time, it gives them that little bit of an edge and it gives them that ability to actually be true and certified and validated, if you will, as a veteran-owned business or a service-disabled-owned uh, business. And that is something that kind of gives them an edge and it, it just uh, helps them along when they are going for contract awards and things like that, that they are validated. And one of the things I know from talking to business owners who are NVBDC certified is that the organization really helps on the networking side of things. And it sounds to me that the military and veteran organization task force will also be helping uh, veteran-owned businesses network for their greater good. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that, that we do is once they're certified, um, they are put into our database. And through that database, our sponsors or our corporate partners, if you will, have the opportunity to, um, you know, research and search for those um, businesses that do have the needs that they are looking for. And, uh, you know, and then this way they can compete for those contracts. So it is a way for them to actually pipeline, if you will, into um, the different uh, types of um, needs that they're going to be looking for and to be able to find those companies that can service those needs. Could you talk about, um, Colonel, the, the types of VSOs or uh, military support organizations that you hope to partner with 
the uh, task force? Well, actually, we would love to partner with any a military or veteran service organization because even if that organization is not geared toward an employment type theme, if you will, they're still going to have members and, and members um, you know, may be entrepreneurs or they may be a business owner. So you never know what their membership is, is going to consist of. Um, like right now, we, we did um, a preliminary launch of the task force on, on a smaller scale. And we are looking to hopefully in the next week or two do a national launch. But on our um, preliminary launch, if you will, we, we hit um, some national organizations like the American Legion, the Paralyzed Veterans of America. We've hit the Women, Biz, um, the Women Veterans Alliance and we've hit the, the Rosie Network and the um, Veteran Business Network and a few of those Blue Star families. And so we are just looking to partner with any organization that does, um, you know, have veterans and, and different members, if you will, because like, again, you never know what members of theirs might be business owners and that may not know about the certification process or, or may not know where to go to be certified. So it's a way of just touching all of those organizations, partnering with us. Um, and, and we're also going to promote them as well. We're also going to get the word out on who they are and what they do. Because again, you know, it's all about taking care of the veteran. Um, the certification piece is what we do, but we want to get the word out on the different organizations so that veterans can network and unite all across the country and, and take advantage of all of the different benefits and opportunities that they have. Well, you, you mentioned all across the country, Kathy, and one of the things I guess I'd like you to talk about is the reach, the, 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 the geographic reach of uh, NVBDC and its military and veteran organization task force. Oh, the reach is national. I mean, any any business and any part of the country and any city, any small town, um, if, if you are a company, if you're a veteran-owned company and you're looking to do business with corporate America or even, even the government, um, you know, in the supply chain, then you need to be certified. So the reach is national. Um, we are, you know, partnering with corporations or, or not corporations, but with organizations that, you know, are in California and in New York and headquartered in D.C. that have chapters all around the country. Because, again, anywhere and everywhere, you're going to find business owners and you're going to find the need to want to contract with, you know, small businesses and, and, and things like that. So it's the need is everywhere and we reach everywhere. If well, that may, that helps. <laughs> well, it does, because I think uh, certainly on this type of Veterans Radio America podcast where we're talking to people all over the country, don't be sitting in New Mexico or Texas or Wyoming and Kansas, Florida, and think, God, I wish it was you know somewhere near me that I could get involved in this, because you're really telling them that they can get involved and their organization can get involved wherever they are, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Could you uh, explain to folks, uh, Kathy, as the director of the Military and Veteran Organization Task Force for NVBDC, how they might get in touch with you? They can get in touch with me um, through my phone number, 703-282-6862, um, or through my email, which is kpointon at nvbdc.org, or if they just go on the website and they can contact me through the website. Um, you'll find our task force. We have a tab on the website. 
and they can uh, drop down. There's information there and there's a form you can fill out. Um, so there's multiple ways of getting a hold of me. And I would love for anyone to reach out to me. Um, I, any questions you have, I'll be happy to answer them and walk you through the process. And I'd be thrilled to talk with anyone about this. We're happy to, on Veterans Radio to bring a spotlight to nvbdc.org every month. And in particular, this, this new program that I think is going to really explode, the Military and Veteran Organization Task Force. Lieutenant Colonel Catherine Poynton, thank you for being in the spotlight for NVBDC today. Oh, you're so welcome, and I was thrilled to be here. Well, let me not let you go too fast, because I wanted. <laughs> I, I told you at the beginning I, I was going to open with this question. How did a nice girl like you from Buffalo, New York, end up in the Army and spend 32 years? You know, that's a great question. I wish I had an answer. Well, I'm just kidding. Um, actually, when I was 17, um, the recruiters came to our high school and I wanted to go to college. And, you know, I didn't grow up rich or anything like that. And I knew, you know, funding for college is, is, was a struggle for my parents. And they had an educational opportunity. And because of that, I enlisted at 17. I got my parents to sign off on it. Um, it wasn't easy, but I did get them to sign off on it. And um, I went in for the college to get the, the benefits for the college. And so 17 did my eight year obligation. And next thing I know, I just stayed with it. And before I knew it, 32 year, years went by. It's It was like in a blink of an eye. It is always yeah. amazing. Everybody goes in and says, I'm only doing this two years, four years, whatever it might be, just for whatever this benefit or that benefit is. And Geez, I woke up. Now, you you woke up and changed from being enlisted, went to OCS, and got commissioned, didn't you? That's correct. I was enlisted for 12 years uh, before I went the OCS route. And uh, then I actually, the unit I was assigned to at the time didn't have a lieutenant slot. So I ended up hip-pocketing my commission for about 13 months before I actually accepted it. So um, there's, there's quite a little story there, but it was interesting, and I did uh, eventually do the flip. But after about 12, 13 years, um, I was enlisted of part of my career. Well, tell us a little bit more about the, your military career, because you did time not only in the active duty Army with a number of uh, overseas uh, tours, but you also ended up in a staff position at the National Guard Bureau, which I think a lot of people don't know much about. Yes. So um, basically, I started out in the Army National Guard in New York. Um, and through uh, through the National Guard in New York, I ended up um, actually transferring a couple of times. I went to the Massachusetts National Guard, and then I was in the Florida National Guard for a short period, then went back to New York. At that time, when I went back to New York is when I went on active duty status. I went AGR, if you will, um, what we call in the National Guard. Through that, I uh, was working a program with the uh, counter drug program, and I worked a, a youth program with them with um, the Corps of Cadets. From there, I ended up at the state headquarters, uh, working it at the state level. And then once uh, I left the Corps of Cadets program, I started working actually at state headquarters in the mill post shop, which is the military personnel office. Um, from there, we were, I was working a different, um, I guess, military um, human resource type activities. And eventually in uh, 2003, I transferred from the New York Guard and went over to the National Guard Bureau in Washington, D.C. Um, at that point, that's when once you're in D.C., you become a, what they call a Title 10. 
And so I was working at Washington, D.C., Title 10, um, had various jobs there at National Guard Bureau. I was a branch chief, a deputy division chief, worked over at um, the Office of Secretary of Defense at OCD. Um, and then I was also, uh, my last duty assignment took me over to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, where I was working at hiring our heroes as a military liaison between um, HOH and National Guard Bureau. And then that's when I retired in 2013. And let's remember this story started because this 17-year-old girl in Buffalo wanted some <laughs> college education money. Exactly. Which you, exactly. which you did put to good use, as did uh, you go on with a, uh, a, a master's degree. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your education. That is correct. So I, ended up, I started out at Buffalo State College where I got a degree in broadcast journalism. And then from there, I had a little bit of a break and I ended up, uh, they had an opportunity to go to Marist College when I was in New York. And so I got my master's degree from Marist College in public administration. Um, so that was, that was a, a big moment for me. I was um, pretty proud of that. Uh, it took a lot of work and it, it was something that I wanted to do. And I was just thrilled that I had that opportunity. And it was because of the military that I had that opportunity to uh, reach one of my goals. And so that was a big time for me. Well, I think it's always important for, uh, you know, and, and certainly those listening to veteran radio, uh, either veterans or friends, and they have kids or grandkids or nieces and nephews. And Sometimes it gets lost to what, what great opportunities do exist when you serve in the military, whether it's for a short time or as it adds up over time, a career. Um, you also got to go to some of the great garden spots of the world uh, with, uh, with the Army, things like uh, Honduras and Panama and Kuwait and Afghanistan. Um, t- tell us about your uh, uh, duty assignments overseas. Oh, absolutely. And I'll tell you, there is not a thing I would change about any of them. That is one of the greatest things about the military is your, is the ability to travel. Uh, it really, really is something. Um, I did get to go to Honduras, as you mentioned, and I've been to, you know, Panama and I've been to Kuwait and Afghanistan. And I just remember how hot it was in Afghanistan. Oh, my gosh. Um, but then I did a tour in Iraq, and, and that was just probably one of the most incredible experiences of my life. Um, just the people that I met and the things that we did over there and, and you know, the, the soldiers that I helped and, um, you know, just the team effort of the whole team when we would, you know, just work on issues to help our fellow soldiers and everything. It was just an incredible, incredible learning. and a, in an experience that I'll just never forget. But um, it's something that I would recommend. I really think that young people really need to think about military service. I think it gives them um, insight on a lot of things that they'll just never learn um, in college or in the real world. It's just a whole different world and and the, the camaraderie and, and the people that you meet and the structure that you receive. And it's just... It's, it's just hard to put into words, but it is an experience that I'm telling you, when I was 17, I never, never understood this. And now looking back, I just can't believe that I just made that decision and it was the best thing I ever did. Well, and, and it, you know, it's not all fun and games, as we all know. And, and you were over in Iraq during Operation Iraqi Freedom. You were stationed at Camp Victory in Baghdad, Iraq. You uh, were awarded the Bronze Star along with many other 
numerous awards over your service period, including the Legion of Merit and Meritorious Service Medals. But I want to ask, as you reflect back on this career and what you're doing now with NVBDC and helping veteran-owned businesses, are there two or three traits that you can look at today and say, yeah, this got instilled in me in service and I bring it forward to uh, what I'm doing today? I'd say loyalty, respect, and and the courage to do it, the courage to continue on and, and to be there. I mean, it's all about helping helping others and helping fellow veterans. And, and to me, I don't think there's anything more important. And, and I do think you get out of the military. You, you mentioned courage, which is an interesting choice of words. And, and that's really, you're, you're talking about not courage to run into battle, but to take on new challenges, I take it. Exactly. I think courage can and mean a lot of different things. And I mean, just the courage to get up every day and, and to just continue to go forward. I, I think that's, that's a lot of it. And, you know, I just want to make sure that every day that I get up, you know, when I stop working for the day, I can look back and say, yes, I helped somebody. Yes, what I did made a difference. Yes, what I did, you know, supported the team. And, and to me, that takes a lot of courage to make sure that you're always putting your best foot forward and you're doing the best that you can just to, to make sure that, you know, the program and, and the people you work with and everybody benefits and, and it's what you do matters and, and what you do helps. And that's all I want to do is make sure that I'm helping my fellow veterans. As you work as the director of the Military and Veteran Organization Task Force for NVBDC, What's, what's the organization's vision or what's your developing vision for the task force? I think the vision for the task force is to make sure that we do try to embrace as many veteran and service organizations as we can. And that, you know, whether they become task force members or not, that we do reach them and that we are able to get the message out. Because, again, having our service disabled and our veteran-owned businesses and, and having them certified and having them have that opportunity to actually become successful and to actually go out there and, and do good and to grow their businesses, that's I think that's the vision. It is just to make sure that we reach all of those that we can possibly reach and we and we make sure that those that we do reach have everything that they have you know, at their disposal to make sure that they are successful. You've been working in this space of uh, helping veterans get jobs and, and have a successful transition since you got out, uh, really, um, about seven years ago. Correct. Tell us, Correct. Tell us how that transition has um, unfolded for you. As far as my transition into the civilian sector? Yes, well, I was very lucky. I was actually extremely lucky because my last duty assignment with National Guard Bureau was with an organization um, under the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Foundation called Hiring Our Heroes. And I mentioned earlier that I had come over as a liaison to that program for the National Guard Bureau. And it was an employment program to help those that were transitioning out, our reserve component of folks that were transitioning out of either the reserve component or actually coming out of active component, going into the reserve component, but might have needed a job Monday through Friday kind of thing. Um, we were working with um, the Hiring Our Heroes to help those find meaningful employment. So as 
I was working with the organization and it got to the point where I was definitely eligible retirement. And I was thinking about putting in my retirement papers. Um, At that time, the director of the program basically said to me, Kathy, if you're going to, you know, put in your retirement papers, you have a home here. And so I just basically dropped my papers and I went from a lieutenant colonel liaison to a civilian with HOH. So it's an easy transition for me, but I I was just one of those in the right place at the right time. And um, it just worked out. So I was extremely lucky at that, in that point. Well, it was the right place at the right time, and it was a seamless transition. Yes. But you've probably seen over time that not everybody has such a seamless transition. Oh, that's very true. That's very, very true. And, and the thing that I, I say to that is that there are so many companies that are hiring. And I know that there's, you know, so many folks that are looking. And the point with HOH and, and the point with this, um, for those that are entrepreneurs and stuff, is that you just got to find your right path. You've got to find what it is that you really want to do. And you've got to apply yourself. You've got to, you know, go to the networking receptions. You've got to go to the events. You've got to meet the people. Because, you know, just because you want to work at a particular company doesn't mean that you're going to be a fit for them. And maybe once you get to know them, they may not be a fit for you. But you don't know who will be a fit for you. So that that's where you got to continue to just, you know, do the networking and take the time and do the research and see what's out there and see what it is that you really want to do and then apply yourself towards that. Well, I think Kathy Boyden's just given you the right um, pearl of wisdom, which is keep doing the networking. So all the, uh, you know, you've got to put in the effort, don't you, to, to sort of whether it's find the right job that you fit in right career path or to build your business you've got to put in the networking time don't you exactly exactly because if it's worth it you've got to work for it well we appreciate your insights and uh giving us a little history of how that uh, girl from buffalo made a career out of the military (laughs) um and uh again if people want to know more about nvbdc or the task force how might they uh, keep in touch and follow along I mean, just definitely go to the website, mvbdc.org. You'll find all the information on the website, or you can contact me directly. And my email is kpointon, K-P-O-Y-N-T-O-N, at mvbdc.org, or the number is 703-282-6862. And again, I'll be thrilled to talk to anyone about this and happy to walk you through the process and Anybody that's uh, part of a military or uh, veteran service organization that wants to know more about being a task force member, please call me because we'd love to have you to be part of this. And Colonel, thanks for spending some time today with Veterans Radio. You're welcome. And I so appreciate your time too. Thank you for everything. And I want to thank everybody for listening to Veterans Radio today. I am Jim Fawson. It's been a pleasure to be your host. I'm a veterans disability lawyer at Legal Help for Veterans, and you can reach us at 800-693-4800 or LegalHelpForVeterans.com on the web. You can follow Veterans Radio on Facebook and listen to its podcasts and Internet radio shows by going to VeteransRadio.net. And until next time, you are dismissed. If you have a VA claim denied by the Board of Veterans' Appeals, contact Legal Help for Veterans at one 800 693 4800. 
They're experts in handling cases before the U.S. Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims. Their number again, 1-800-693-4800. Veterans Radio needs you. If you like our shows that are informative, surprising stories, and relevant information on what's happening at the VA and the military, we'd like your support. Individual support of $5 to $50 a month or corporate sponsorship of 1000 to $10,000 would be welcomed. You can go to veteransradio.net, click on the sponsorship or support tab, pay online, and keep Veterans Radio on the air. 